Welcome to the MLB Extras Chicago White Sox podcast. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, joined as always by Scott Merkin, uh, Michigan alum who just got done doing some backflips over the news of Urban Meyer leaving Ohio State. Merck, how you doing? Yeah, you know, I, I said this before, we're a basketball school now anyway. So, That's you know, it, it, even though they did win 10 in a row before the Ohio State debacle, more focused on, as we're taping this, the uh, the upcoming game at Northwestern for the eight 0 basketball team, which which should be which should be a good one. Northwestern is pretty good, so right. yeah, that, that's that's the focus now. Hoops, hoops, absolutely, and uh, the focus <laughs> on the South Side. Uh, actually, a lot of yes. movement in the last week uh, since we last spoke, Merck. Very much so. Let's start yep. with Alex Colome. So he comes over from the Mariners. Uh, prior to that, he was with the Rays. Successful reliever had, uh, I believe, what ten saves and thirty holds. Yeah, I think I think that's the first. He's the first one, according to the Sox release, that had had that in one season, at least ten saves and at least thirty holds. So yeah, he, he had a nice little run for Seattle there, and then of course the year before that led the American League in saves at the Rays. Yeah, so a good get for the Sox, uh, affordable yes. get at that. So what does that mean for the bullpen in general? Well, here's the thing, you know, Omar Narvaez had uh, more so than a great season last year. He had a great month and a half stretch where he really kind of transformed himself into, into a, a plus hitter. Now, again, he was not a very good pitch framer. He wasn't very good defensively, but that can come. You know, he's still a youngish catcher. I I'm still wasn't completely sold on him as an offensive player. I'm sure he doesn't really care what I think, but that's the, <laughs> that's my opinion. But, I, you know, I think Seattle got what they needed. And the Sox basically, as has been talked about by Rick Hahn on last uh, Friday's conference call, you know, turned a Rule 5 minor league pick, not even a major league pick, a Rule 5 minor league pick, credit to scouts John Timidi and Joe Butler for finding Omar Narvaez into, you know, a, a reliever in the back end of the bullpen. Yeah. You know, it was interesting last year, even with they had, even though they had uh, Joachim Soria, and a healthy Nate Jones at the beginning of the year. Ricky Renteria didn't really go to a per se one guy as a closer. You know, he, he did for a while, I think, when they probably were looking to trade Soria and kind of build up his value a little bit. And Soria was great in that role for about a month and a half. But I, I think Colome probably has the, the you know, back of the baseball card credentials and the eye test and everything else that he would start the season as the closer. You know, they have Nate Jones back there. He's He's returning. They have Jace Fry from the left side. Ian Hamilton is a young kid who they project as a potential closer of the future. Zach Birdie is gradually working his way back from Tommy John surgery. And, you know, I, I think he's got a little bit of some innings and some work to build up in the minors, but he's a guy who's going to be back there at some point. And as Rick Hahn made clear in the conference call, you know, White Sox general manager Rick Hahn, they're not done adding to the bullpen yet. So the biggest thing I think Rick is doing is giving Ricky Renteria options back there. If he wants Colome to be his closer, then there you go. Alex Calme is your closer. But if not, then you also have a guy who proved last year, as we just talked about with Seattle, he can work seventh, eighth inning without a problem. So it's, it's a, a really good deal. And I think, you know, whatever I said about Narvaez, I think Narvaez is a guy who's developing too. So probably one of those deals that is going to end up helping both teams. And uh, the White Sox had a couple non-tenders last week as well, Merck. Uh, we talked about Avi Garcia and uh, the writing was on the wall there. And Matt Davidson was also non-tendered. Were you surprised by that move? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, first of all, in Garcia, Mark Feinson, our own Mike, Mark Feinson, had talked recently about the Sox trying to trade him. And there just isn't, you know, for whatever reason. Well, last year it was an off year for Avi. And I understand that they talk about his babip from two years ago when he hit 330 and drove in 80 runs. But with all due respect to that stuff, you know, I watched him. He had a really good year in 2017. And he hit 18 homers and... I think he had 26, 27 doubles. 
he played well that year. I don't care really what the numbers suggest that it was a, you know, a downturn coming. And I think the downturn came last year because Avi was basically hurt from the jump from almost opening day. He hurt his knee and then tried to play through it and suffered a hamstring strain and everything else. So the fact that, you know, they couldn't move him made it a, a kind of a foregone conclusion. They were going to non-tender. But I think here's the deal. I think a lot of Sox fans are reading into this, that they're getting another right fielder whose name Sounds like, well, I'll just say it, maybe Bryce Harper, you know, something like that. But I couldn't think of a rhyme for Bryce Harper off the top of my head. I should have been prepared for that. <laughs> but any, any other outfielder. But I think the biggest thing with Avi, and Rick made this clear in the call that they're not done, you know, negotiating with Avi and Harper. I think if they bring Avi back, they want to bring Avi back on their terms. And they were not going to risk going to an arbitration case and paying more than they wanted to to bring him back. And that's perfectly understandable. In the case of Davidson, I know for, you know, for whatever reason, we've all, I think because of the fact the team wasn't very good in the second half of last year, that they were great in the first half, but they really kind of tailed off down the stretch. So Davidson's story became very compelling that he pitched three mop-up innings and looked much better than just a position player out there throwing 65 miles an hour or 71 miles an hour to get three outs. So, you know, that became, a, and then with the Otani phenomenon, how great he was when healthy, doing both you know, it became an interesting story. But I think the bottom line is they felt like there were there the bats that were going to go to Davidson were going, going to go to other people at this point. So, again, I, I think it's a case of if they bring him back, they want him back on their terms. I have no official knowledge of this, but I wouldn't be surprised if they talked to them about, you know, one-year deals on their term and it didn't work and they're, you know, they're moving forward. You have to remember this too, the Sox – have seemed to like going with eight relievers. So that's what 13 pitchers right there with the nine starters kind of the DH is 22 players. And one of your bench guys, is a backup catcher, right? So Leary Garcia is your 24th guy. So you really want a little flexibility in that 25th guy. And Davidson, you know, played some third played a little first, but I think you probably in that 25th guy, want a guy who gives you a little more, you know, can move around the field a little bit. So again, I think they're both going to land on their feet. Obviously, you know, we've joked uh, Chris Kamka from uh, NBC sports tweeted about his huge numbers in terms of everything else in baseball and what Davidson's done in Kansas city. Now, granted, granted it might've helped face the Kansas city pitching last year, but maybe he really sees the ball well there. So maybe that would be, end up, end up being a good fit for him in Kansas city. Who knows? But, but both guys have an abundance of talent and are going to end up, you know, hooking on somewhere. All right, so Merck, uh, winter meetings coming up next week. You'll be yes. out there in Vegas. Watch out, Las Vegas. Here comes Merck. Um, I'm doing a, uh, I'm doing an Elvis show twice <laughs> nightly at at uh, the Luxor. So stop by and see me there. I believe that. I believe that. Well, what's on tap for the White Sox at the winter meetings? Well, you know, I mean, that, that's actually a, a good question, but kind of a broad question, you know. Keeping in the Vegas theme, I don't think I'd really want to. I've talked about this before on the conference call, or I'm not, not a conference call. We're doing a podcast here, a White Sox extra to be exact. I uh, don't think I'd want to play poker with Rick Hahn because he's he's kind of tough to read as the GM. He kind of gives you the information that you you know the basic you need to know, but besides that, it's kind of White Sox business. So we know they're looking for you know kind of the big fish. They're looking for Bryce Harper. They're in on Manny Machado. Now, again, we know this from reports. We don't know that from anything they've said. Rick was even asked about on the conference call about uh, the video board thing that leaked out with Harper and his number and the White Sox jersey at the United Center. And Rick kind of joked that he was at the GM meeting, so it wasn't him. And then was asked again if he wanted to expound on it. He said no. And so that was pretty much it. He did give a broader answer about, you know, I don't believe they're looking for quick fixes. 
but Harper and Machado as examples are guys you could sign now that will help you now at what age 26. And when you're ready to compete, maybe it's two years, maybe it's sooner with that division. Who knows when that division, maybe 85 wins, wins that division next year. Granted, that's still a 23 win jump for the Sox to do that, but you know, it helps you now and will help you in the future too. And you can't say, well, we're not going to be prepared to win until 2000 or 20 or 2020, 2021. So we'll sign the big names then because you can't dictate when they're going to be on the market. So we'll, we'll see what happens to that. But I do think one of the key things is pitching still. They've not really, you know, they got column A. They're very good through the trades. They've done that. They've been that since Kenny Williams was, you know, the GM, who's now the executive vice president. <clears throat> so that could be an avenue they, they travel down. But I think pitching is a key thing as much as the big name pursuit, which, you know, as of right now, Anthony, I, I don't know what you think, but it's, it's, it's weird that I think in terms of Harper and Machado, very little information has kind of leaked out. We've heard about, you know, people going to meet with him and teams meeting with them, with both of them. But you don't hear much about even like, oh, so-and-so is the favorite or this exact offer has been made so far. So it's, as I think uh, Scott Boris said at the GM meetings, uh, Bryce Harper is a submarine race, not a regatta, right? So you kind of want it underwater the whole time until it really there's a decision to be made. Yeah, it could take a, a while to play out. But a couple of years ago, the White Sox traded a big name at the winter meetings and Chris Sale brought back a big prospect name in Yoan Mankata. And we've talked before, Merck, about the possibility of Mankata moving in the infield in 2019. But most importantly, he needs to hit. And he struck out, uh, I believe, 217 times. 217, yep. Yeah, that's that's a pretty steep number there. And he's working on that. Yeah, I had a real good talk with him with the help of uh, the great interpreter, Billy Russo, for the White Sox. And one thing I'll say about Mankata, and I've said this a number of times before, is the thing that Sox fans should be encouraged about, besides the fact that he's got a lot of raw talent, you know, he's a true five-tool type of talent, but he kind of gets, you know, you didn't see him sitting in his locker last year, hanging his head when he was in an 0 for 25 slump or when he had a four strikeout game, which he did have a number of times. He gets it. He understood it was his first full year. Yeah, he wanted to jump out of the gates like Bellinger did with the Dodgers, an example. But not everyone does that. And just because you don't do that doesn't mean you can't be a good player. Maybe he won't end up being, you know, the seven-time All-Star. Maybe he'll just end up being a very good player and a very good team. And he's, he, you know, he, he gets it. He's just trying to help the team. And I thought it was very uh, telling that, you know, he at the end of the year went to hitting coach Todd Steverson and manager Ricky Renteria and said, hey, I want to be more focused, you know, just specifically on the offense. They, both Renteria and Steverson, you know, live in Arizona in the offseason. I think Renteria splits time there. And they set up a couple-week period where he went in there and just, you know, worked intensively studying videos, doing reaction drills. He didn't say specific things, but just fixing things on his approach and his swing and said he feels a lot better going into the season. Now, you know, obviously the proof is going to be when he gets up there and starts swinging, but I'm confident that this kid's going to be able to produce at some point. And he seems very, you know, nonplussed, for lack of a better word, about a possible switch. He played third base for a few games for Boston in, I guess it would have been 2016 at this point. So, you know, he he knows the position. He took ground balls at third and short pretty much the last two months of the year for the White Sox. So I think he's ready to go. That's the, the way the Sox go. If things don't, you know, Rick said at the, on the call again, referencing that call that, you know, they're, they're waiting a little longer to see how things play out. But if it ends up going to third, I think he'll be ready to make that move. One last thing for you, Merck. Herm Schneider has retired um, or yeah. changed roles, I should say, with the White Sox, taking a step back after 40 seasons as the White Sox trainer. He is now the head athletic trainer emeritus for the club and really an incredible, you know, probably 
by the average fan overlooked career just because of uh, how the White Sox have fared relative to other clubs in, in terms of keeping their players on the field. They used the disabled list 185 times for 9,057 total days missed from 2002 to 2018. Those were the major league lows in that span. So it's especially on the pitching side, they've done a really good job keeping their pitchers healthy and and Herm Schneider's been a big part of that. Yeah, and I should say those numbers do not include my back injury from last spring training. That was <laughs> that was separate from that. He had nothing to do with that. No, he's a great guy. He was, he did a great job. He had a very he had an exceptional routine that he went through. He was talking on the call yesterday that, you know, his usual day, he lives in a western suburb from Chicago. So his usual day ran from, you know, for a night game, let's say, ran from like 10 a.m. to 1 a.m. So you're talking like 14, 15-hour days. And, you know, I don't, I don't blame him. It's, you know, it's time for a little bit of a change. And Rick Hahn, and he didn't talk yesterday, but in a quote in that press release said, you know, they'll be talking soon about the different focus or what they're going to do with the, with that spot. But, yeah, a job exceptionally well done. And he's not done yet, as you pointed out. He's an emeritus now, and he's going to be there to help out where needed. He just said he's, you know, not going to be there. He joked about this is the first time in his adult, in his adult life he's going to have a weekend off during the summer. So he's looking forward to that. Yeah, long time coming for Mr. Herm Schneider. So congrats to him on a great run as head athletic trainer for the White Sox. And uh, good stuff, as always, from Scott Merck. And Merck, enjoy yourself in Vegas. Try not to cause too much damage out there, okay? Never do. I will, I will, be, I will be good, I promise. All right. We'll talk to you next week, Merck. All right, sounds good, Anthony.